Hey guys, Kevin Kaufman here. Thank you for tuning in to the Kevin and Fred Show. I'm so excited about today's guest, my friend and local uh, Phoenix area realtor, Chris Bowers. We're going to dive into so many cool things. Before we do that, let me ask you a favor. If you enjoy this podcast at all and you're willing to give me, say, 20 seconds of your time, go over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA. That stands for Next Level Agents. Rate this podcast.com forward slash NLA. Do me a favor, leave us a true whatever star rating and review. We appreciate feedback. It's the it, that's how we make this grow. So, as you notice, I don't really run ads. Um, there's no money we're making from this podcast. We do this because we like bringing it to people. And the number one thing that you can do to help us continue to do so is to share it, of course, but also rate and review it. And if you're a Spotify listener, you can now leave a star rating on Spotify too. That's brand new. All right. So to today's show, my guest, Chris Bowers, I think you're going to love this. Chris is the type of guy, he's a deep thinker. I don't know how else to say it. So we talk about everything from what it takes to run a highly productive, highly profitable team where you're still in personal production. And most importantly, just what it takes to succeed in real estate. We talk about uh, growing by demand and not just for the sake of growth. Talk about nurturing relationships and how that's different than converting leads. Uh, we also just take talk about what does it take to succeed in real estate in general. And here's here's my favorite part of the of the uh, podcast or the conversation is we talk about renegotiating your thought process by learning. So uh, you'll hear Chris mention this. Uh, a few times, and I think you're going to enjoy the show. So, without further ado, please enjoy my friend and my guest on the show, Chris Bowers. Chris Bowers, how's it going, dude? Doing good. Awesome. Hey guys, welcome back to the Kevin and Fred Show. We are coming at you live, kind of, um, from the new podcast studio without a uh, without a camera set up yet. So, we're going to keep improving, but. Anyways, my buddy Chris and I today decided we were recording a podcast one way or the other. So I'm going to let you guys look at him because he's way more good looking than I am, a lot younger and smarter. So I figured we'll uh, have the camera on him. Chris, how's it going, dude? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm glad to do this. So um, why don't we start off here? Tell the listeners a little bit about you. Like, tell you're obviously you're here in Phoenix, Arizona or the greater Phoenix metro area. Tell us a little bit about your business and then I'm going to kind of up around like how you got into real estate and stuff like that. So business this year, we're at about 140 units closed. Um, 70 of those units are personally like my production. Whoa. And then 70 of the other units are through like four of our main agents. Um, so mine's through my 70 are almost all referrals. Okay. So thankfully. Um, and then the 70 units that my team does is through like our Zillow flex account that we have. And then just like Google pay-per-click. Okay. So let's do this to, for a little more context. I like that you did that. What was that like a year ago? So what would you just finish last year with? Yeah. Last year was, I think like 78, 80. Wow. Okay. So you close to not quite doubling, but really close to doubling this year. Okay. Um, we and- almost got like forced into the team. I remember like listening to, um, like, uh, Russell Shaw one time and he was like, there's people that like say they want to have a big team and there's like, and then he was saying how um, I only want my team to be big enough to handle the amount of work that I have at the time to give the best customer service. Yeah. And I was like, game changer. So it was about a year and a half ago with the Zillow Flex account that was, where, where that was I was like, thing. whoa, like this isn't manageable with just like me and my wife. Um, 
So like, that's when we knew we had to do this through like other people. So it was kind of like forced upon us in a great way. Yeah. Um, and that, we just went with it. That's the best way to grow, grow deep and grow because you have to not because you're a lot of, I think one of the bigger mistakes I see is people grow as a, as a way of growing, like growing is the strategy for mm-hmm. growing, if that makes sense. And um, it can be done. It's just really expensive to do it that way and right. has a super high failure rate. So how long have you been in real estate? Let's go, let's go back to that for a second. So 16 years. So I think around like wow. 2005, bro, you look like you're 22. So you got licensed at the age of six. Yes. <laughs> yep. 22 got licensed. I think I took the test like five or six times. No kidding. Uh, yeah. What, was, okay. At 22, like that's, there's whole, there's so much to unpack here. That's pretty young for somebody to get into real estate. Like for a lot of people, I think I know I got licensed at 29. The average agent in America is still probably like in the mid fifties. Yeah. So like 22 is real young. It's usually at least a second career, mm-hmm. if not a third, but 22, that's like a, that's for you. I know it wasn't your first career, but it was. Right. So what was it? What makes a 22 year old go? I'm going to get into real estate. So I remember asking my mom around 22, like how, like, what can I do to go make a decent amount of money? I wasn't going to go to college. Like I'm terrible student, like CD in school. Um, And I said, Hey, what can I do to go make some money? And she's like, be a UPS driver or a realtor. I have no idea like how those two even connect, but my driving record wouldn't allow me to go anywhere (laughs) with like UPS. So I was like, ah, I'm not going to be able to be a driver with my driving record. So I took the test like six times for real estate. And that's like how I got started. But I've always like been like an entrepreneur by nature, just like, as you know, yeah. like I used to own the skate shop when I was 16 years old. And so like, I started working at 14 at Chick-fil-A. I actually walked around Metro center and like the chicken costume, I'd get like a quarter do- I'd get a quarter more if I walked around Metro in the chicken costume. So at 14, I started doing that. Then I started the skate shop at 16. My parents gave me money. Then at 22, got into real estate. Awesome. And so at 22, you got into real estate. So you mentioned that your your wife uh, works with you as well. Mm-hmm. At what point did she join your real estate business? You know, like behind the scenes, I mean, forever. I mean, we've been together for like 15, 16 years. Like behind the scenes, always doing like, like spreadsheets and things gotcha. like that that I don't understand but not like as an agent, I think she got licensed like less than two years ago. Oh, okay. So So like she was still like, you know, running behind the scenes, some of it, like she still had a job doing behind the scenes and then um, helping me build some stuff. And then about two years ago, she came on board and like, that's what she's been doing for us now. Like she actually manages the team. I do like personal production and stay super busy with that. She manages the team and that's her like gig. That's her gig. And she, and she loves it, right? She does. Yeah. She's got that like, uh, She's like a, just like a teacher at heart. Oh yeah. And so the team's all her, I'm just like a driver and get it done. So like, I'm not good in that area. No. So it's no, to me, no surprise then to hear that really like the growth, I know it was the opportunity like through the Zillow flex, Mm -hmm. but it's no, no real surprise to me that like her presence in the team and the business, you know, coincides with you guys going, Hey, we can take this bigger because you've got a certain skill set. Um, that quite frankly, you've learned how to maximize. And, and I want to talk about that a little bit more too. And she's got a different skill set that allows you guys to kind of bring those two things together and to build a business beyond just what Chris can do. Cause, yeah. um, cause dude, 70 houses, like, let's just unpack that for a second. So you're going to do 70 units personally. Chris is this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that, 
what did you do last year personally? Uh, probably 48 of them. Okay. So that's a lot too. Mm-hmm. So you're, so you're selling a lot of real estate personally. Mm-hmm. How does somebody, how, dude, how do you sell 70 houses by yourself in a year? I think one is I don't, we don't have any kids. So I have to like, that is a huge deal. Like if yeah. I had, you know, kids, I don't think we'd been able to grow the way we did it. So not having kids and just, you know, I mean, really, that's probably the biggest thing. And then from there, it's just, well, I mean, that's it, the thing it, that gives you the time. It gives me the time. And then the schedule, like, I just never really mind it. I'm very, um, like, I'm very good at consultations and getting to the bottom of things with my clients. Okay. So like the whole look around for like five months just isn't where it's at with me. Like we, I mean, even when the <laughs> yeah. market was hard, um, it's getting a little bit easier, but even when there was 10 and 15 offers, you know, I was always willing to like have the conversation with my clients and tell them like, this is what we have to do to get this. And you either participate in the market or don't participate in the market. Neither is fair. Like, I don't need you to buy or sell a house, but if you want to, like, I can get you one. So I think there's having like direct conversations with clients and not having, you know, 15 or 20 at a time. Um, but as you ask me now, and I'm thinking about it, I, I don't know how to truly explain it. Is it, it's a, it's a busy schedule. Um, but it's just been manageable. Yeah. So what's give, let's break that down, dude. Like what, what does your average like day or week look like? Like Chris's schedule specifically? You know, I would like to do the whole, like it's all structured. It's a mess. Is it, uh, but is it okay? So is it a mess from beginning to end of the day, every day? I, when I say mess, I should probably clear that up. Like I have like this whole time blocked, like literally if I showed you my calendar right now on my phone, like I have it blocked off every hour and it would be the biggest lie if I told you that that hardly ever got like, like, I just don't keep, like, it just doesn't happen. I'm like the gym's here and lead generations here and this is here. And I'm like, it's a mess. So really, I mean, it's just wake up. I've always got some buyers that I'm helping. I just look in their portals, see what houses we need to go look at call them, go look at the houses. So last year I should, I should back that up. So last year I did do like a showing partner or not showing partners, like showing agents. Okay. So like I had agents, like if somebody, I live in North Peoria. If like I had a client in Mesa, I already had like two or three like agents that work for my brokerage, not on my team that like live over there. Okay. And I'd be like, okay, cool. So they had a time card. Like I would text them and be like, Hey, who can show this house tonight? They would show it, fill out a time card, text it to me. I knew they were done when they text me that time card. So then I knew to follow up with my client, ask them questions. Then from there, they would turn the time card into my office. They had an email at that night. And then on Fridays we cut checks. Oh, wow. So like, that's how it went last year was, you know, so I didn't have to, you know, and there's certain clients. You kind of had like an on-demand team. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, you know, people were totally fine with it. Like it was in my head thinking that like, Hey, no, no one's going to want to go with whoever. Right. And I think if you, I, I set the expectations up clearly in our buyer consultation is yeah. like, I'm not the, like, I'm not the master of opening up like doors. Like that's not my skill set. Yeah. You know, like there's nothing that I did. That's like, that's what I'm like the best at opening that door for you. So I would let them know like, Hey, the goal, especially last year, um, the goal is we got to get in as quickly as possible. Like I already have a like full schedule. And so what's going to happen is when you want to look at a home, just like text me and I'll get an agent out there as quickly as possible to show you the home. And then I'm going to follow up with you when you're done looking at the house. And then that was like my model last year. And so we, and there were still times and places where I would step in. Like I didn't just like have, like I would go, especially if it was like a great client of mine. Um, 
like I'd still drive out there every once in a while and show them how house just to like stay connected. Right. But like, it wasn't like natural, like in my brain, I, like when they would text me a house, say, Hey, I want to see this. Like I would shoot out a group text. Someone would text back, say they wanted to show it. And I think the close, what I realized through that, if anybody wants to try to do it is especially with like our area, Maricopa, you know, like we, yeah. like we service Maricopa, that's a big area. Yeah. I was going to say, so for the listeners that aren't here in the Phoenix area or, or aren't familiar with it, like it's really spread out mm-hmm. um, where Chris lives is, you know, north and west of where we happen to be sitting today in Tempe. Um, and like where Mesa is and some of the places he's referring to is east and even southeast of here. So like, and it's a really big radius and a lot of agents in our marketplace, like we do that, we go everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like we have to, I think to service because there's so much competition here. And it's interesting because it's just mindset. Cause I would think like if I was in like, I mean, obviously when someone says I want to buy in Prescott, like really far north, I don't say like, I'm going to help you. I think like in California or some other states, like I think people are very specific on like, these are my areas. I know agents that work in a mile. Like yeah. Literally in a radius one of one mile. So I think like we've just gotten so used to like Maricopa being like, I don't know how many cities, but it's a huge area like that. We just work it. And most realtors do. Yeah. And so what I found to be the trick in that is find agents that like that showing is in their backyard. And if yeah. they're just walking across the street for 50 bucks, it's easy gold. Um, The second you're trying to get an agent to drive 40 miles for you for 50 bucks, it's not going to work. So like if you think that through like systematically, I knew like, Hey, I'm going to go close this many homes and they're going to be all over the map. So like go solve your challenge before you're in it. And I'm like, okay, I need a few agents like in Buckeye, Avondale, Goodyear. I need a few agents North. I need a few agents in like Scottsdale. And you just find those agents. They don't have to be on your team. And then I think if you just figure out the system for it, like they knew. So did you know, or you're like, Hey, I'm just gonna pay him 50 bucks or X amount of dollars per hour and just see if it works. Yeah. Okay. And that's just like, that's just the way I solve any problem is like, test put a, it. yeah, like put a system together, test it and then go back, you know, just go back and figure it out. Like if, if I was paying like $5,000 for these people to show houses, I'd have been like, this isn't going to work. But you found out it was like probably two fifty dollars to $300 to put somebody under contract. And I'm like, that's all day. Like, and then people want to have the conversation of like, well, it's costing you money. I'm like, if you really keep track, like gas and tires and oil, and time, and time the most important the one most but like if you just still wanted to just go super like spreadsheety on like gas time oil like there's so many reasons why not to go do it yeah well i'm a big believer too if you're gonna go spreadsheety you should know your dollar per hour wage and also include that but yeah to, to your point people think like hey i'm giving something up um so i kind of want to go two places here first i want to go let's say we were having let's say it was five years ago dude Let's say you and I were having the same exact conversation, but it was five years ago. Mm-hmm. What would your what, what would you be telling me your business looks like five years ago if we were having this conversation then? Five years ago, I was doing 35, 40 referrals a year. Just and straight referrals. Straight referrals. Like uh yeah. Like it was, it 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 was and it still is like our sweet spot. So like right. all this other, like the Zillow Flex program, the pay-per-click, it's you know, I look at it on a spreadsheet, like an ROI situation, yeah. but like my core. Like I probably got 90 referrals this year and 70 of them closed. And those are just straight up like text messages to me. I get a text like every like three or four days from a past client that says, (laughs) and it's the same, it's the same scenario and we've got scripts for it and you have to, or it won't work. And so it's, Hey, I gave your number to my niece. You know, if she calls you, here's her name. And it's like that. And I say, thank you so much for thinking of me. It's people like you that keep me in business. And I'll always remember that. Then give it five minutes. 
text them back and say, hey, they're probably not going to reach out. I've been doing this for 16 years. I know people don't naturally like to have that introduction conversation. So can you pass over the number and I'll just text them right now and let them know who I am so they feel like comfortable. And 99% of the time, yeah. that's when the number comes. So like if we just said like, hey, thank you, like that wouldn't work. It would be like, thank you so much for referring us to business. We'd never get the number. So we've learned how to communicate with people in a way where it's like, first, thank you for thinking of me. You keep us in business. We'll always remember that. And then it's five minutes later, like, Hey, this is what you can do. And they do it. Some people will say like, Hey, you know, let me ask for permission. And I have an app on my phone, just a Google form. So anytime someone texts me, I'm sure this, like we get a thousand texts a day, you know, yeah. so sometimes I'm forgetting stuff. So when a lead comes in, I have a Google form and it's straight up like name who referred me the business, who the referral is. And even if someone's like, Hey, my neighbor, and they don't give me a name, I still put like the person who referred me. And then I'll put like the person's name that the client I'll put like neighbor. Like, I don't even know their name. Until it's time then to I push, it. Yeah. And then I push submit on my phone. So I know like, that's the most important part of my day. Like is all the texts that I get, like, that's what I do and stop. You're, so you're protecting that. Like you get a new lead. That's, you know, it's funny. We have that conversation a lot too, is um, because Fred and I, also receive a lot of referrals via text message mm -hmm. or Facebook message or whatever. Right. right? Um, and that's the number one thing yeah. is, okay, cool. Before we act, let's make sure this gets recorded into the, for us, the, mm -hmm. you know, the database or, or wherever. Um, so that way we have something to go back to. We've always been really big uh, and you know, that's key. Like you gotta be able to do that. And that's where, when we, when I fill out that form, it goes on the spreadsheet, right? Cause it's Google form. And then my assistant, like every morning we start off, we have a cadence to our meetings every morning. And so my assistant, the first thing we do is look at that lead spreadsheet. And oh. so it's kind of cool. Cause like she's built in accountability. Cause like if I go three or four days and she's like, Hey, we're like, you haven't got any leads lately. And then on that form, once it goes into our CRM, then we highlight it yellow. So we just have a system of like, Hey, That's I know cool. I've got to stop, put that lead in the system. It goes to a spreadsheet. Then I know, and sometimes I'm not putting these people in like a CRM for five and six days. I don't want to act like it's a perfect system, but like that's our checks and balances. So like when I look at the spreadsheet, I know like, okay, it's highlighted yellow. That means it's went into the CRM. There's a scheduled follow-up. Um, and then it's just nice to have a spreadsheet where you look at it. And at the end of the year, you're just like, these are like the 10 people that refer me like 90% of the business. Like we should probably, yeah. you know, figure out how to handle this properly and make sure we're telling them like, thank you so much for like actually keeping us in business. Cause like that's, we went back five years ago. That's the only way we got business. I don't do, I haven't called a client. I've probably went through, you remember like bold at Keller Williams yeah. and they would say like, go into the hallway and yeah. God, my heart would, I, Me too. I would go out there and just put on, I mean, I would literally would talk to people, but there was no one on the phone just so I look like I was doing <laughs> what I was supposed to be doing, but I'd just be having a conversation with nobody just to fit in for the hour. Wow. And I'm like, my clients like that just wouldn't work. Like, I'm just not that person. They know it. Like I would be so not representing me fairly. Right. To like do that. So like, I just want to let people know that in 16 years, I've probably went through one round of ever strategically like picking up the phone and calling people. Now, don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean we don't do marketing to them. Right. Or that doesn't mean I don't naturally like text them and say like, Hey, how you doing? What's up? Yeah. But it's not this whole, Hey, are you looking to buy or sell a home? Do you know anybody buying or selling a home? And I've actually finding out the more agents that I talk to, 
that are running high level businesses, like that's a lot of their way as well. Maybe if you're talking about like the Zillow game or the pay-per-click game, we've got to go more like, you know, systematically salesy or like, I shouldn't even say salesy, like just strategically everyday following up. But like that can actually, I think, hinder relationships if that's how you're going to play it. Yeah. There's no doubt to me, like, you know, when I look at our business, our business, both while Fred and I were in production ourselves and, and even today comes from two main places and it's, it's somewhat similar. It's referrals and then it's internet leads. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And with the internet leads, like, dude, it's a, it's a, it's like a pounding ground, like on the phone, text message, email, phone, text message, email, just constantly until you can engage and bring them in. Right. And cause it's such a long play. Um, And then whereas with the, with the sphere of influence, the referral sources and stuff like that's, that's more nurturing and it doesn't need the, I'm not calling you three times in a row. Right. right. So it, it is a much different approach in a much different relationship. Mm-hmm. Cause one, one is I'm trying to get a relationship. The other one is I've got one I and I'm it. just trying and to, I don't want to lose uh, it. Yeah. I just want to cultivate. Yeah. So like I tell some of my agents, I'm like, if you have a good referral from somebody like talking, like calling them too much to try to grab that out of them, like that can actually hinder It'll that. Turn them, it can yeah. Turn them I'm off, like, yeah. just don't, don't go. I like, I would rather actually lose that referral and not be that guy yeah. because I know like they're going to send me 20 more. So like, I just, you know, some of them are, they know that person better than I do. So they kind of know how to connect with them as well. So if they're not giving me their number or something, and don't feel comfortable. Like I'm not going to like, keep that going. Yeah. What, um, I want to go back to, to, to today and then more just so I can refer back to yeah. pre real estate. Like did owning the skate shop, like, did that help you? in your real estate business? Like, mm-hmm. because the way you talk about like not having a team kind of being this like guy who's kind of off on his own, doing his own, his own deal to, Hey, I'm going to, I'm really actually, you have a team. You just, you did, they weren't, they didn't like actually work on your team. Right. Um, you, you think very much like a business person already. What, like, do you attribute that to the skate shop or other experiences growing up or yeah. throughout the real estate career? It's my ma. Like my mom and my dad, uh, just they owned uh, companies growing up. So like I was never like preach school. Like I could come home with a D and my parents were stoked. Like they had no value in that to me. So like they were just like, hey, he's got to go find his way. And so my mom, I mean, I remember reconciling my bank account at 12 years old, like literally like flipping over the statement and doing the whole reconciliation and not that I do it anymore, but like those principles stay with you. Yeah. Um, and then at like 15, my mom's like, Hey, like you want to start a skate shop. And I was a skater kid, you know, for like two years before that, like, that's all I did. And she saw the passion in it. And she's like, maybe we need to give you like, let's go, let's buy you a skate shop. Like we, you go to Cowtown and buy your stuff. Um, and now being 37 and looking back, it's like, as I tell the story to anybody who ever asked me, like, it sounds crazy, but like, I mean, they threw down like several hundred thousand dollars to like, oh, wow. yeah, like it was, a, and they were making super good money and needed like probably some tax write-offs and stuff. So like, I just came from that brain of like, they owned a successful business. They wanted me to kind of be a business owner right. instead of college. It was more like, Hey, we're, that was college. It was. That and was. what I'm thankful for is I've seen several businesses on the insides. Like my parents owned a uber successful construction company. And then I had the skate shop. That's a retail. Right. And then I'm in real estate. That's a little bit more of a leverage business sales position. Um, but like seeing all those models made me realize like the construction one, I'm like, whoa, like they've got like 
a million dollars that goes out a month just to be material. Yeah. You know, and then the retail side, I'm going to trade shows in California, you know, and you've got like Tony Hawk there and Rodney Mullen and Chad Muska there all walking around. You're trying to sit down and like, I, they're coming out with new brand or new shoes for them, seven different colorways schemes. And you're sitting there on a, on a form and you're like, how many size nines do we want to buy for Christmas this year? And I'm like, I'm 16. Like, I don't know how many nines we're going to sell. Like this is before we had like algorithms. Right. So like seeing that and like how much product we had to buy um, and just like the retail space, like it just was uh, seeing all those businesses like made my brain just think that way. So like from construction, then the retail side and then the real estate side, it actually made me realize when I got into real estate, like my mom will even still tell me this, like you pick the business model. That's like not the easiest. She wouldn't say that. Like you picked one that can just like grow in a more organic way without so much money invested. It's yeah. Well, probably is the simplest like that is i think that's one of the beautiful things about real estate is it's not it's not super complicated it's simple it requires hard work um but you can have a certain level of success maybe not to the point that you've had uh but you can have a certain level of success without like it doesn't have to get complicated at all no i think in real estate what i'm i find more just talking to a lot of realtors is like it's the people who just have like some form of systematic daily structure. Yeah. Um, and like, cause I'm, I'm a total introvert. Like I actually need to talk to no one in a day <laughs> and be totally fine. Yeah. So like, I think some people think like, Oh, they're super like people persons. Like they would be good at real estate. And I'm like, I don't know. Like I find that the people who have some type of structure in a day or systems in place and, and somewhat follow them, not to the T, but like have some design of what they want to do with their life and business. Um, those are the ones that do well. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, um, I think it's, there's the people that are, that are uh, structured that can flex the, um, that people muscle, right. The, mm -hmm. the way to, to kind of be more um, social. Uh, and then it's like, it's also the social people that can kind of flex the, okay, I can follow a structure. Like for me, I'm not creating a structure, um, but if you just tell me what it is, I'm like, I can do that. Like, mm -hmm. cause I know that I, I'm only really good if I do that. Yeah. And if you leave me on my own, like I'm kind of a mess. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of look like the rest of this room is what I look like if you leave me to my own devices. Right. And so um, I, it's that combination. You got to be able to, to do it. You can't just be all people person. Can't be all spreadsheets all the time. There's this, there's this combination of people who can, you've got to be able to, to get into to both. And then when you get, multiple business partners or multiple people kind of pushing. Um, sometimes it's employees, sometimes it's partners, but like you and Brittany uh, or Fred and I, where you can take these different strengths and kind of put them together then something more can build, right? Yeah. Something even bigger. Yeah. So the business, I mean, having the background of business in my life has been pleasant. Yeah. I mean, that was, That's I mean, huge. I, I think the most, if I had to figure out like the one thing out of that, all those experiences with the business, it would be uh, just managing money. I think that if that's one thing my mom taught me at a young age was like, she was the total like Dave Ramsey, you know, like get out of debt. And, and I, and I have a lot of leverage on the rental properties yeah. that I own, but like, that was just like a principle that she had with us. And so it was, Hey, don't sign up for like this debt. And I just took that, you know, so when I started actually making like good money in real estate, I felt no need. Like I lived in a 700 square foot condo, <laughs> Yeah. Making like a good amount of money. And I had no care in the world. Like I didn't think like 
I have no bone in my like, no, I have no bone in my body that yeah. anyone needs to be impressed by like my stuff. Yeah. I'm thinking like this is an internal game that I'm trying to win, not like I'm trying to like have you see things that I have. So tell me more about like are you cool if we uh obviously because I know you personally, like I know you've put a lot of effort into building up your rental portfolio too. Yeah. Um tell me more about that. So when I bought that very first condo, I don't even know, it was probably eight years ago. That was probably the first time I bought a place. Okay. Um, like I knew going into that, I was going like, that was going to be a rental property. Like I was like, this isn't a cool place. It really <laughs> wasn't like, it was fine. I knew going into like, this is going to be a primary now a rental property later. And, you know, we lived in that for like two or three years longer than we should have. Um, <laughs> and then from there, we just, like I knew, like I rented that place out, bought a place out in Desert Ridge live there. That was my first place that I had for a rental was my condo. And, and dude, I got that first, like that cash flow. Yeah. And it wasn't even a lot. And it was the day where I sat down and I was like, wait, I might trade like 15,000 of this cash flow a month over like making 90 or a hundred thousand dollars personally with my time working. Like right. it was the first time where I was like, it doesn't, the amount of money didn't matter. Different. It yeah. was how much time was put in to get the money. And so we then just like, I had the condo I was renting the primary in desert Ridge, bought a house out in surprise. It was like the last, the last short sale, I think ever standing it literally, literally like I, some, someone fell out of contract. It was like the last one out in surprise bought that like $169,000. Those were great days. Um, and then from there, it was just like, how do we figure this out? And then like how to get more. So I was listening to like bigger pockets, that podcast a lot. Yeah. I was like, how do we like scale this up? My brain's always coming like, how do we do this faster? And it can drive myself crazy, but I still do it. And so I was like, how do we do this faster? And then we linked up with someone out of state. And last year I bought like, I think 13 or 14 houses. Yeah. And so that was, um, so that was not only selling 50 personally, but, but then also quiet. buying, like we were buying a house every like six weeks. Wow. And that got interesting, but that's my actual, like, that's my passion is just like trying to figure out how to take the money made off of real estate, my business, parking it somewhere that makes sense. Not in just like material stuff that I'm driving or own or live in, just parking it somewhere that like gives me back a return. And that makes my heart sing. That's your you know, thing. That's my thing. Yeah. So last year, like doing that as many times as like, I would go to bed at night and tell my wife, I'm like, this is getting exhausting. It was so fun to know, like I'm waking up tomorrow at six, I'm going to go show homes and to know that it wasn't going just like pay off debt right. and knowing that it was like getting parked. And like, it's been in, I mean, I have spreadsheets that like track this and I'm like, okay, I got to make this this month so I can park it here. And I know what the ROI is on that. So I kind of have like an exit strategy in my head. And the exit strategy isn't to naturally like, it's not to leave real estate. It's to just keep putting myself into the job that I want to be in. Yeah. And so that's where I see people talk about like, oh, I'm going to retire out of real estate. And I'm like, I'm just going to retire out of the job that I'm doing today that I actually don't want to do. There's probably several things that I go to do today that I, I love. And there's several things I'm going to do today that I, I don't love. But yeah. I have to do it because I'm the business owner and that's my position at the time. And it's got to get done. It's got to yeah. get done. So as I get more and more of this cash flow, it's like, I'm just going to pick and choose, not like which one makes the most money in the, in the company, but like Ooh. which one that makes my heart sing. And 
as my coach will say is which one's sustainable yeah. and anymore. Like we have these conversations, like Chris, is that sustainable? And I'm like, mm, I mean, yeah, but it's not because right. then we'll have conversations like three months later. And I'm like, dude, I'm so like mentally drained. And he's like, is this sustainable for a 10 year, another 10 years? And like, you've been doing it from 22 to 37 and you just went off of hustle, young, no kids like that Brilliant. kind of, yeah. and now it's getting to the point where it's like, is this really something you can just keep doing daily? So is there, um, is there like a number of properties or an amount of cash flow that you have in your mind of like, Hey, when I have this much, I will, um, I'll kind of I'll retire into my next role on the, in the business. Like, is there, do you have like set things? Like I that? do. Yeah. So like, I mean, to me, like if I had like 25, 30 G's coming in cash flow, um, and like if the houses were paid off, you know, it's possibly what they would be bringing in. Right. So like, it's a game where once they're paid off, they're good. But like, I actually don't need the cash flow right now because the company does well. Right. So we might actually flip the script. We don't know. Like, that's what we're talking about for next year. Is like, we might just take all the cash flow that we're making off of them and just start doing the whole Dave Ramsey. It's you know, funny. it's like, so it's funny. Kind of these, and I talked about that too. Like, it, you know, especially it's weird to have that conversation though, considering where interest rates are, mm -hmm. they're so low, but it's like, uh, in what if we do the snowball thing with the mortgages on the rentals? Mm -hmm. Um, that would be interesting. I don't know that it's the right answer. I don't think it's not, it's not the most scalable answer, but it's something for me though, my thought, and I'd love to hear what you think is if that's the thing that kind of gets you to where your goal is or where you want to be, then it is the right answer. I'm willing to at any time renegotiate my thought process. So like, this I, is why we're friends. I look at like Dave Ramsey, Dude, I still listen to him in my car all the time. I have almost no debt in my life outside of my rental properties. So like, I still listen to it. I think the guy preaches to a great crowd and he's got good principles. Kiyosaki, he's the leverage man. Like people want to go the like, hey, like let's pen them against each other and have a war. And I'm like, no, how about you just take like those principles that serve you well at that time in your life? Yeah. And if you're in a lot of like debt, maybe go the Dave Ramsey approach. But then when you get out of the debt, maybe you can go the leverage Kiyosaki approach. And yeah. I'm just willing to, you know, I, I did the Dave Ramsey when I was young. Great. Got me to where I was started making really good money. My debt to income ratio was awesome. So I could then go buy houses on leverage at a very low interest rate. So I went the Kiyosaki approach. And now as I've went out and bought as many as I've had have maybe now go the Dave Ramsey approach. And, right. you know, one would say like, okay, well, if you take all that money and pay off all these houses, you could have bought 40 more. And I'm like, maybe like figure out where you want your life to go. Like I'm 37, you know, how many years do you have on this earth? And I don't know if I need to pass away and be like, I've got 500 leveraged properties. Fine. If that's your goal. But if you're just trying to go out and make like 30 or 40 G's passively, you could probably just pay them off and go that direction and feel maybe a little bit more secure when you're looking at your whole model. So I just, the wrong or right is not ever my conversation. Yeah. Mine's like, what are you trying to accomplish? And like, this is, go that direction. I, I feel like it's a, it's a wrong or right for me, right? Or wrong or right for you. Yep. Like what's the thing that helps me sleep at night? What helps you sleep at night? To me, that's, that's the key. It's not, and you know, and I, I agree like Dave Ramsey's not my favorite person on the planet. I, I think his advice is so solid when for getting out of debt. He's to me, he's not the guy for, for building wealth. Like mm -hmm. he's maybe Kiyosaki is, but some people don't like that either. Maybe Grant Cardone is, you know, there's a ton of different people that could be mentors or, or even worse gurus. 
out there that it's more of like, Hey, where am I at right now? And where am I trying to go? And there's going to be different answers. I think that we got to, we got to figure out who we're going to listen to and kind of what are those steps we're going to take? Yeah. And they all serve their spot, you know, like yeah. you said, Cardone, Ramsey, Kiyosaki, like they all, they there's something about all of them that actually can irk you. Oh yeah, for sure. But then I'm like, Hey, I look in the mirror and I'm like, I'm naturally like, if someone was following me, I'm like, I'd probably probably piss off people. I'd probably piss off a good 15, 20% of the listen, just because they'd be like, I don't like that guy's style. Oh yeah. So I learn a lot from them just thinking like it's the goal for them is not to be loved by everybody. It's just follow your plan and they don't, they don't care. 100%. So yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So, um, I, what was it about the rental properties? Did you just like, you just caught the bug or what? I just was making good money and what else do you do with it? You can only buy so many skateboards, yeah. right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I wish I could still skate. My knees won't allow me, but like, what, a, like that's like, and it's a good problem to have. Yeah. Right? And I don't want to sound arrogant when I say it, but like we're making really good money and we have like almost no debt. So it's like, I looked at interest rates being so low and I'm like, all right, well, we're just going to park it here. And I think it's easier for me to be in real estate and buy rental properties. Where, like when I talk to some of my clients, like, oh, it's easy for you because you already naturally do that all day. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like that, that is probably true. Um, but what's even better anymore is like getting, like I have so many clients now that call me just because they see my Facebook journey and they're like, hey, I want to do this. And so I have, I mean, I, I talk more people out of selling their home a year than probably most realtors sell a year. Yeah. Cause I'll look at them and be like, Hey, do you have the, like, do you have the down payment for the next house? Yep. I'll be like, Hey, do you just want to like rent this? You're going to make like 800 bucks a month cash flow. I do the numbers for them and you're just talking yourself out of deals, but like, that's the point. Like, yeah, but you do the right thing for that person. Yeah. And so that's like, not, and that's never the wrong thing. Yeah. So I, I'll, I'll do that with them. And they're like, so you don't want to sell my house. I'm like, you keep it. Let's go buy you another house. I've got three people I'm helping right now that call me to sell, they're keeping them. And I'm like, that's where I want to keep going because I'm like, when they think of like, Oh, I'm going to refer you out to my friend or my mom or my grandma. They're like, this dude's going to like straight up be so honest with you. He's going to talk himself out of a cell to tell you like, that's the right thing to do. That's awesome. But like to answer your question where we got the bug was just money coming through, not really wanting it to stay in the bank. Um, I just, I think it was a year ago where I told my wife, like with the interest rates where they're at and where I thought the dollar was going to go, which is printing off so much. I'm like, we need to figure out how to park as much of this in hard goods. Yeah. And that's where it came from. And I'm just naturally aggressive when I come up with an idea. And so I was trying to actually like, as I was, my goal was to buy one every five weeks last year. And I was trying to figure out at some points, I'm like, am I buying this to like, hit the goal or like, does the numbers really make sense? Like I'm that dude who's like going to like buy it. And I'm like, well, I probably could have made a little bit more ROI if I'd have waited, but I'm like, nope. Like I got to buy one every five. It's a, dude, it's such a balance of like, I got to have a goal. The goal's good. Cause the goal to me, what's something I learned from, from Gary Keller years ago. And I'll, I'll credit him this forever is the purpose of a goal um, is to direct the activities it's not to yeah. get the goal. Right. And so, cause it is easy to go, well, I'm going to like, it, it could be easy to buy a bad deal mm -hmm. because you, because you know, you just got to buy one. Right. Mm -hmm. Or you could, um, you know, you, maybe you're, maybe you're missing, maybe you're missing a deal because your goal is somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And so the, the thing about a goal is to direct activities 
And we also have to keep our eyes open and go, okay, but is this actually enhancing what I really forget about the goal for a second? Is it enhancing what I'm really trying to do? Right. Or is it, or is this actually taken away? And that's a probably a more nuanced conversation mm-hmm. and a thing to have in the moment, especially with someone who's like a, a driver like yourself. Yeah. What, um, so dude, as we start to wrap up here, what is the, like, what's the thing I haven't asked you yet that I should have, that we should be talking about, uh, the other, other agents should be thinking about. You know what? Probably just like how we get the 70 referrals. Yeah. You know, I think that's something that people would want to know. And so, I, 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 I think that people should know how simple it can be. I think it's a byproduct of like super good customer service. Yep. I think that's what people forget. It's like one, it's like really good customer service, like overly done thinking of what their next steps are in the transaction and already delivering it to them where they're like, Hey, I was thinking about that. And you just text me, but like, we do this enough. We should know like their challenges and where they lie and like having a system or an email or a video that goes out to them before that natural, like, Hey, we probably should be talking to our clients about low appraisals right now. Like I'm already having that conversation. So like when it happens, they're like, Oh my gosh, he told me, he told me he's a genius. There you go. Yeah. And so good service with them. But then I think just systematically, like with what we do, like, and, and it's so old school. I, I hope that people can resonate with it because I mean, even at 22, this is what I was doing now at 37 I'm doing is a postcards once a month, like legitimately like a postcard once a month that goes out to them. It's been the same postcard switched out houses for years. We buy them in bulk. So the same houses are on there sometimes for like five months. No one cares. The only time they care is if their house made the list. No one cares. And then they text you like, my house made the list again. Yeah. The postcards, the letters that go out that say like, here's the seven ways you can refer us business. If you hear somebody downsizing upside, divorce, death with a magnet in there, New Year's cards, um, sending out our card once a year that says like, hey, 94% of our business comes from, you know, repeat and referral business. It's people like you that keep us in business. We thank you for that. Like it's so basic of stuff that is, like I said, a byproduct of good customer service. And then second, um, compounded over time. Yeah, it's just reminding them. It's, but people will think like, oh, well, those are kind of, I think other realtors, like I've had many that are like, hey, what do you do? And I'm like this, and I show them, I have a folder. I go to the coffee sometimes with people and I'm like, here they are. But what do you really do? And I'm like this for 16 years, do this. So what sexy. do you really do? And I'm sexy. like that right there, the postcard, send it out. But then and I give them my print shop. I tell them just find homes with your brokerage that you can put on there. Like, just figure this out. Two years later, hey, Chris, can we meet to talk? Dude, same questions. Yeah. Right? And, and I'm like, like, I'm still just doing I went from 40 thing. to 80 to 120 to 140 by this compounding, not by some like magic pill that I like swallow and like, Ooh, this is how you do it. I'm so glad you said that word compounding. Um, it, especially for those of us in business, like it's easy for us to think about compound interest, right? When it, when it's money and we can see it. Um, what I think that we tend to forget about is that compounding is everywhere, especially in business. Mm-hmm. Right. And in relationships. And there's this thing of like doing that, like sending that, that cheesy postcard every single month or two years, four years, eight years. It's dude, it's not sexy at all, Mm -hmm. but like you've got the perfect system. Like you're not even calling people. Like you call people out of necessity, not because I'm trying to generate business. And so when you do something like that for such a long period of time, the like, it's almost impossible. Like you couldn't even avoid the transactions at this point. Like you would trip over I would guess 50 transactions next year. If you just stopped doing everything, you would still have, 
it would be probably inconvenient for you to, to deal with it because you've got this power of compounding over the last 16 years that is working in your favor that no one wants to like put into. Yeah. And like, and that's like, you just said it best. Like we get so many referrals now, thankfully I like, thank God for them. And that's something that from like a P and L standpoint, I'm not willing to give up. So like, that's why we went yeah. from like the showing agents. Now, like we have the showing partners. Like I have two now and this just started three months ago. It was listening to your podcast with Dave Z. Dave, yeah. yep. I remember being at the gym. Dave Z was on your podcast. He gave his email address. I emailed him was like, Hey, I want to know more. He said, Hey, let's talk. We got on the phone. He was talking to me about the showing partners. And I just went to my natural fail forward. And I was like, cool. So I put up a wise highs, wise hire ad copy Dave's. He didn't know. Boom. Copied it. I got like 70 people who applied, Damn. put a system in place and started doing zoom calls with them. Found out 98% of the people just aren't employable just because they're not employable <laughs> down to that made the cut, got them licensed. They weren't even realtors. And I have, I mean, all the homes the last two months that have been shown of my like clients are through them. Dude. And so I was just like, that's how do we keep this from a PL standpoint profitable? Cause I love the referrals and I'm so thankful yeah. for them. But I'm like, you just can't, it's out of necessity. I think people like they'll listen to a podcast and be like, I'm going to do that to get there. And I'm like, well, but you no, actually do the difference is you actually go and do if you say you're going to do something, you go and do it. And I think what I noticed is when you find something that Hey, if I put the work into it up front and it gives me a bigger reward later, mm -hmm. like it'll grow over time, like the postcards, like as an example, like that's a, that's a brilliant, brilliant example. And the rental properties, you, you go, Oh, you wreck what? Are, I don't know if that's like conscious or subconscious for you built in from like, you know, your upbringing, you're recognizing that. And then, so like, those are the things that looks like you, at least from my viewpoint, tend to go take action on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the biggest thing anymore is like what? I've sat down in this and I really truly have sat down and thought of like the last 16 years in real estate. And I've noticed this, and this is what I'm going to focus on like heavy and hard for the next while is the connections that I've had with other realtors. I'm telling you that you don't know this, but like you changed the way short sales were done in my life. And so you didn't teach me necessarily how to do a short sell transaction. I, but I, I remember going to Keller Williams and Roseanne Patterson and, um, uh, Jen and Eric Sanchez. Like I came in, I was like 22 and they were just like, Hey, do this. And I was like, wait, like they care. I think they just saw me as like this young guy that was trying hard. I think they saw me as like their kid. Right. I just wanted to like help out. But like that right there is like, that was a connection that changed my life. Yeah. You know, like it changed my business life. And then from there, I was like, okay, I need to get better at this from a mindset aspect. Like I get the technicalities of it. But then your short sell power hour and that, you know, the, the outback mentality. Yeah. That's like, I still tell people like if the market switches, I'm good. I've did short sales. I'll figure it out. Same. Like that, so looking back on 16 years, it was Roseanne Patterson, Jen Sanchez and Eric Sanchez. And then giving me over to Jen Link who negotiated my short sales. I wasn't even doing them, but like that changed my business. I had realtors referring me short sales because they didn't want to do them. And I'm like, I'm just getting the paper collection, handing it to this lady and giving her a referral fee. That's fine. They don't need to figure out the business model. I did. Yeah, then hard, you just hard you, work. It looks you, like hard work. You think of like how I got into the REO game through one person that I met and then meeting you and Dave, you know, and you're just, you start thinking, I'm like, wow, this is actually in Frank. 
Yeah. Frank changed my life talking to him. I was in Huntington beach called, we talked on the phone game changer. And I, I remember walking back. I was in Huntington beach, walked back into the restaurant and told my, my wife, this is about how to like compound in a very organic way relationships with people that truly care yeah. about you and where you're going. And like, that's so hard for some people to think that there's a community of your quote unquote competitors that yeah. want to help you. And I'm like, no, cause like if somebody calls me tomorrow and says, Hey Chris, like, would you meet up with me for coffee? Like, I don't even know how many times I've did that. And so I'm like, it's there. Like people have given it to me. I give it to other yeah. people. And so now like moving forward, that's my biggest mission is like, how do I connect with people in this industry that want to grow bigger lives than I can almost even think of in business and just keep hanging out with them. That's awesome. And just connecting with them. So, and figuring out how to provide value to them as well. I have a question for you. Then I want to go back and talk about Frank for a second as we wrap up. So if someone wants to connect with you, how, what's the best way for that to happen? This is going to sound like a 98 year old guy and I'm not going to give you a Yahoo, but is it at AOL? You just email me at Chris at sold by Bowers.com. Chris at sold by Bowers.com. If you Facebook we'll me or Instagram me, like I probably wouldn't even check the message. <laughs> I'm just an old soul just sitting by my pool. Like what's this social he, media he stuff? It really is guys. Um, <laughs> so something I want to point out, like you mentioned, Frank, the Frank he's referring to is Frank Closet, CEO of viral marketing. He's been on the show before. Uh, hopefully, maybe we'll do it again. Um, we had a mastermind not too long ago where Frank was out here and kind of facilitated for us. And it was, I don't know, there's probably about 30 of us in the room, super high level um, people in the room, kind of just being really open and honest and sharing ideas. And the reality is, um, and somebody asked Frank, like, why are you guys doing this? Why is Kevin and Fred putting this on? And the reality is, is, well, yeah, okay. It's a top of funnel thing. Right. And it only works because we believe we actually believe that if I share with you what works for me and you share with me what works for you, we end up, we both end up with more. Mm -hmm. Like it's a, it's just coming from this place of abundance and having that mindset of we can actually help each other get better. Man, I'll never forget. I was a rookie. I hadn't even hung my license yet. And I was walking through the hall at this KW office that I joined 2007 and you know, they were doing the whole power walk thing and introducing me to the, some of the top agents. And this one guy goes, he's like, can't wait for you to join. You're going to kill it. You know, if there's anything I can do to help you sell, you know, sell real estate, say the word, there's so many homes, you know, for, there's so many deals out here. Like we can, and I realized like, oh my God, there actually is more than enough for all of us to get our goal, to do, to do what we need. And that mentality has just stayed with me yeah. the whole way. And I think you realize like in those rooms, like as you connect to people, like you trade your work, we're trading, we're trading our, our knowledge. So yeah. like I had someone in the room recently reach out to me and said, Hey, I want to talk to you about how to run the numbers on your rental properties. So like, that was my give back to that person was like, that's my, you know, yeah. that's my thing. I'm really good at like how to find a house with ROI, even in a crazy market in Arizona. So like, that was my, you know, that's what I gave them as like my value to them. Um, but in return, they gave me some of their systems that they had. So I realized I'm like, wow, like this is a, from a high level, this is our currency. Yeah, Our currency is. is literally like, that's your special sauce. That's his special sauce. I have mine and we're trading currency. And if you can just trade currencies with people, then, you know, you can, if they're closing a hundred units by doing that, like I can now implement that and through leverage grow that. Yeah. And then I can give them this and they can grow that. So like 
you're not even competitors or thinking from that aspect. You're thinking, I have this to offer the business world. They have this to offer the business world. We've linked up on our partnership and our currency with each other is truly how do we help each other? And as we help each other, they're going to have better connections with other people at higher levels. And then like the train just goes like, that's just the train I want to be on is the high level train and not like sitting back every day and being like, well, what are we going to do here? Like, it's just not where my brain goes. So, so Dude, that's and awesome. I don't think you'll ever understand like that short sell power hour. You can tell you naturally we're always a give back to the community because I mean, I still can see you guys sitting on that couch, like short sell power hour. <laughs> Oh, every once in a while, like going downtown and listening to the Outback way and getting scripts on what to do. So every once in a while, someone will like actually do that chant. Well, it will be something that always throws me off and, yeah. and cracks me up. Like it was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, yeah, no doubt. Core belief of ours for sure. It's all about um, surrounding ourselves with, with other people who are, who also want similar things. Like we don't have to want the same thing. We don't, I'm not talking about like, you know, we all think the same thing, but we all have a general direction, right? And we can all help each other get there faster. Yeah. So yep. awesome. Chris, dude, thanks a lot for taking the time to do this today. I know you're busy. And uh, as you pointed out earlier, I have a million things on your schedule today. So thanks for taking the time out to do this. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Um, for those of you watching on the terrible video feed that we have this time, we'll see you next week on the Kevin and Fred show. Once again, Chris, uh, if you want to reach out to Chris and talk to him, Chris at sold by Bowers. Dot com. Did I get that right? That's correct. All right. I nailed it. We'll put it in the notes though. All right, guys. See you next week. Today's episode is brought to you by Kevin and Fred's community at eXp Realty. Learn why over 1,000 real estate agents joined eXp Realty last week. Join us for an informational webinar this Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Register at intro to eXprealty.com.